Welcome to Insight Briefs, an attorney discussion podcast. On behalf of Wealth Council, this is your host, Patrick Carlson, and joining us today is Henna Shaw, the Associate Editor of Wealth Docs. Prior to joining the Wealth Council editorial team, Henna had her own firm in New York and New Jersey and was a Wealth Council member since 2007. She spent many years as an attorney with large law firms in New York and California before starting her own practice. Her estate planning practice focused on the needs of high net worth individuals and families. Henna has lectured extensively for state bars and at continuing legal education events. She received her JD from the Morer School of Law at Indiana University and her LLM from NYU School of Law. Today we're going to be talking about building and starting your own estate planning practice. Thanks for being here today, Henna. Thank you, Patrick. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, let's just jump right in here. You know, what would your advice be for attorneys that are thinking about adding the area of estate planning to their practice? Well, I think before you add any area of practice um, to your legal practice, you're going to want to have the right tools to be able to service your clients properly. And one of the first things that I looked for when I was setting up my practice was making sure that I had an excellent document drafting system. So I was coming from a large law firm background where I was used to having documents that I could generate. And uh, I knew when I went out on my own that I did not want to start from scratch each and every time. And I also did not want to cut and paste because that is just a you know, it's a recipe for malpractice. So I, I, coming from California, I had done a lot of work with document drafting systems and, or on document drafting systems. So I was looking for my own. And one of the biggest reasons for it is also because I knew that as a small firm, I wouldn't have the bandwidth to consistently update my documents um, for changes in the law and the like. So I looked around, I looked around, and I think that's the first thing you want to focus on is making sure you get the right document drafting system. I ultimately went with Wealth Docs, which is a product of Wealth Council, and you know, I was really happy with it. I just don't think that you want to change your document system once you have it up, so try and find what's best for you from the get-go. The second thing I would say is make sure that you have a resource for education, because especially if you're new to this area of law, you might feel a little unsure about giving advice, and if you don't know something, it's important for you to know how you can go back and find out what you don't know so you can properly advise your clients. Um, You also, one of the things that I think is invaluable is having either a mentor or somebody that you know in the practice area that can give you substantive advice or having like a team of advisors or your own estate planning department. And to be honest, that's another reason that I went with Wealth Docs and Wealth Council, and it's just because I was coming, again, from large law firms where I had an estate planning department, and I could walk into somebody's office and ask them a question and, and get a response, and having the ability to go to an online community where other attorneys that practice in this area of law could give me feedback, I thought was fantastic. Um, of course, if you're a very new attorney in general, you're going to want to make sure that you know you have your office space set up and all of that. And if you haven't already invested in a scanner, that's another area that I think uh, is it's a good investment for any attorney, but especially in estate planning where we are so document specific. 
Uh, it's just is great to be able to access your documents from anywhere or send them to your clients, you know, in a minute's notice because you have it on your computer. And the last thing I would say is as you start thinking about setting up an estate planning practice, think about what your value proposition is going to be as you market yourself, whether it's to potential clients or to potential referral sources. What is it that you're going to say to them that's going to make them want to either direct business to you or come to you themselves? And I'm going to, you know, I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but I really think you have to identify what it is that you're doing differently from everybody else that makes you the go-to person. Those are some great pieces of advice. One of the things that uh, I was uh, exploring as we're getting ready for a symposium was thinking about kind of the things that our, uh, you know, new members need to be doing um, when they're starting that practice. And one of the first things I came up with was they need to think about how they're going to get clients um, and how they're going to, you know, build those relationships with other wealth professionals so that way they can get referrals. Um, what would you suggest that attorneys do to kind of get started with that growing their client base? Because a lot of our listeners are attorneys that are coming from other practice areas. And the way that we, you know, get uh, divorce or personal injury clients is a little bit different than the way we get estate planning clients. Can you give us some suggestions on uh, getting those estate planning clients? Absolutely. And I think that this really has to be the focus once you have, you know, those basics set up. My motto was, if I'm sitting behind my desk, I'm not making any money. Because the only reason I'm sitting behind my desk is to draft or to, to do something other than go out and solicit clients. And there's, there's so many ways to get business. And especially if you're starting with um, having no, no clients or fewer clients in this area, I think it's really important to cast a wide net in terms of how you employ different marketing avenues. So one way is to go by uh, getting referral sources. And by that, I mean people that will refer their clients or their business or people that they know to you so that you can work on, on those specific clients. And you can you can join many different organizations or attend meetings of different organizations. And just by way of example, again, doing everything at first until you figure out what works for you. But like I did BNI, which is a, a business referral network, uh, join your chamber of commerce and talk to people there. I don't know if you have an estate planning council in your area where you can meet financial advisors and insurance agents and other like-minded people, but that's a good source. Um, of course, just calling up financial advisors and CPAs and life insurance agents and introducing yourself is a great idea. I know a lot of us are a little afraid to make cold calls like that, but if you meet one person, I found the best way to, to create that circle of influence was to ask that person if, let's say, it was a financial advisor to say, hey, can you tell me two or three accountants or, CP or um, insurance agents that I might want to speak to that you think are good for me to meet? And that way, you know, you, you build that on when you meet the accountant friend, you say, can you suggest some life insurance agents or, or um, financial advisors? And you keep going in that circle and you keep meeting new people through a referral. So it's not like you're calling somebody cold and saying, Hi, I am, which is always a little uncomfortable. Um, but also, as you're going to these different meetings, 
whether it's through the BNI or Chamber of Commerce, wherever you are, as you meet people, you want to make sure that you don't just meet them in that group setting, that you go out with them one-on-one -on -one and actually talk to them and, and learn more about their practice and tell them about your value proposition as well. So that's why I brought that up in the beginning. But other referral sources include lawyers and especially lawyers that do not practice in the area of estate planning. Uh, they are great to meet solos, small practices, small, small firms, and even a lot of large firms are cutting their estate planning practices. So if you meet somebody that's in a different practice area and they know that you're the go-to person for estate planning, you, that's a great referral source. Aside from the referral sources, I would say don't back away from retail marketing. And retail marketing is where you go directly to your potential client. And you, you know, give a discussion, you give a speech or whatever on whatever topic in estate planning that you think is going to be of interest to that particular audience. And especially if you're new or uh, transitioning and you don't have a lot of money to devote to marketing, I would say definitely think about going with the I don't want to say free, but the less expensive alternatives of retail marketing, like you can ask your library if you can give a presentation to their library patrons, you can call your child's school, or if you don't have a child in school, you know, just contact the PTAs in the different school districts in your area and see if you can work with them to give a presentation maybe on the importance of having a will and naming guardians or protecting assets for your children or whatever is relevant. Um, again, the Chamber of Commerce may be willing to let you do a presentation. If you belong to a church or a temple, that's kind of a captive audience that's there for you. Senior centers, if you're focused on planning for seniors, that, that's a good way to go. So always check out the, the resources where you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of marketing dollars, and maybe they'll put out flyers and newsletters advertising your event for you. But retail seminars are a way to get clients in the door immediately. The referral relationships, they're organic. They have to grow over a period of years or whatever amount of time until somebody feels like they can trust you enough with their clients. The retail relationships where you're right in front of the client, those are immediate and that can get you revenue to keep going for a longer time. Um, and then, of course, if you can afford it and you want to do retail marketing that's more, you know, advanced or that, where you actually hire a company, there are many organizations out there that will help you fill seats if you want to host a dinner, like a steak dinner. And I've seen people do this, and, and they're very successful where they routinely host dinners and they invite people in and they get clients from each of those, and it, it keeps the pipeline full. So there's no one way that I would recommend. I would say do everything as much as you can because marketing is super important. If you're sitting behind your desk, there's no money coming in. Um, also, I would say make sure you have a website that talks about what you're doing because today everybody looks at websites for credibility, if nothing else. Even if you don't have, it's just a static website, it should be talking about your background and, and what you can do and and the different, you know, even if it's not about you as much as about estate planning, I think it lends credibility. The other um, way I think that you can foster getting more clients is by making sure you have that elevator speech ready. Because once you are transitioning to this practice area, you are 
on 100% of the time. Wherever you go, you're going to be marketing your practice, whether it's a social gathering, a party, it doesn't matter. So whenever you meet somebody and they ask you what you do, that's a potential hook, whether it's for that person as a client or, oh, they might have an uncle or a parent or a sister that needs some help. So you always want to have your elevator speech ready and, and not just, hey, I'm an, I, I do estate planning or I write wills and trusts, but more like, you know, I help families protect their wealth and keep it safe for the next generation or whatever you make your speech to be. And the last thing I would say is make sure you ask for referrals. When you meet people, if you ask for referrals, it stays with them. If you don't ask, you're not, you're not necessarily getting it. But if you ask, it, it stays with them that, oh, this person's looking for business. So I think the ask is important. Those are all fantastic suggestions, Henna, and they, they mirror almost exactly the type of uh, things that I did when I was building my estate planning practice as well. The only things that I would add to supplement to it are don't be afraid of some of the the digital technologies that are out there uh, and giving other, you know, alternatives a try. Things like uh, there are some members I've talked to who have been doing Facebook Live. Uh, so instead of just appearing at the library, you can fire up the computer uh, and uh, the webcam and you can just do a little broadcast in the middle of the afternoon uh, or, or, you know, lunchtime, early, early evening, whenever's convenient for you and your clients and just chat a little bit about estate planning, answer some questions from the, from the people who join you. And so there's a lot of other options that are out there now that things that maybe wouldn't have been there in the past, but, um, they're worth trying. Again, the only suggestion I would have, and the only thing that you want to do is just check your ethics rules, right? Make sure you're not doing anything that would be, um, unethical under your state's ethics rules. But, um, I know attorneys that are doing it and they're getting a lot of great success because it lets them, uh, bring that into the sort of digital environment. Um, one question that, that frequently comes up from a lot of our attorneys that are thinking about joining um, estate planning is how, how it's a much more collaborative type of um, practice area than some of the other practice areas because we're trying to interface with our uh, financial advisors. We're trying to work with life insurance agents. We're working with a lot of other professionals to make sure that we produce a plan that really works for the client, achieves their goals, and encompasses all of their uh, wealth and other things. What, could, what would suggestions do you have for attorneys that are looking to build that circle of influence so they can more effectively serve their clients and ultimately build a sustainable long-term practice? So I would say one of the most important things you can do is add value to the other person. And when you add value, you become somebody that your referral source thinks of when they're looking for someone to send their client to. And there are many ways to add value. And one of the most important and, and easiest that you can do is to connect different influencers. So let's say you know a life insurance agent and you met a CPA recently that you think might, might you know, connect well with that agent. If you call them up and if you call your life insurance referral source up and just say, hey, I just wanted to check in and say hello, they're not really eager to speak to you. But if you call them and say, I met the CPA last night that I think you should really connect with and I think you have a lot in common, then they, you, you're adding value to them because, of course, we all want to connect with different people that can help us increase our bottom line. So connect influencers, I think, is definitely one, one um, great way to add value to your referral sources, your circle of influences, and keep you as top of mind as well. The other um, suggestion I would have is to, to become 
a specialist almost in a certain area of law, and it doesn't have to be for a long time, but if you can provide education to your referral sources, it strengthens your relationship with them. So, for example, let's say you want to you want to have a, a lunch or you call people together for a breakfast in your office and, you know, just do something simple like coffee and bagels or something. But you say, you know, I really think it's important for you to understand special needs planning and I want to talk to you about the importance of supplemental needs trust. And maybe you yourself found out all the information through some other source, but you've put together your presentation. And now these these advisors see you as the expert in that field. And you can do that with multiple topics over a period of time. Maybe you're talking about charitable planning or you're talking about planning for retirement assets, whatever topic it is. And you can even use those topics like when you meet with your uh, referral sources for coffee. And I really, I, I would always say you should be meeting with people two to three times a week just for like half an hour. And you you stay on top of mind for them, and you bring up a topic that you think would be of value to them, like, oh, I went to this seminar on, you know, planning for asset protection, and this is how I think it would benefit your clients. And so you have a topic of discussion. It's not like you're just there, again, to say, how are the kids? How's the family? It adds a lot of value, and I think that that helps to strengthen your circle of influence. Those are all great suggestions. Is there any other advice that you'd like to share with our listeners um, as we move towards the end of today's episode? I do. I have two, two pieces of advice. One is don't shortchange yourself. Just because you might be starting in this area of law and not know everything there is to know, and believe me, even people that have been practicing for a long time don't know everything there is to know, but don't start by shortchanging yourself and charging like, bargain basement fees because you will never be able to go up from them, but you can always say, oh, I'll negotiate for you. And a lot of people associate value with fees. So when you, well, just keep that in mind is, is don't shortchange yourself. Nobody really knows the level of experience that you had prior to the meeting with you, especially if it's a client. Um, the other thing I would say is if you really are wanting to see different processes, don't be afraid to ask other attorneys that practice in this area of law if you can visit with them and learn how they practice. Uh, This is most effective if you have attorneys that are not in your same geographic area because those attorneys are probably not likely to want to share their processes with you. But definitely when I was setting up my own practice, I met with And again, you know, through different forms, you can find attorneys in other areas. And people are always very gracious as long as they have the bandwidth to have you come and see what they're doing. They're very open. And I think it really helps you to see if what if you look at what two or three other attorneys are doing, it can help you immensely in deciding how you want to plan your practice going forward. Well, thank you for that advice, Henna. And thank you for joining us today. Um, I appreciate everybody listening to this episode of Insight Briefs. This podcast has been brought to you by Wealth Council. Please be sure to visit wealthcouncil.com slash podcasts to join the conversation, access today's show notes, and learn more about our guest, Henna. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Patrick.